This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I am your host, Mark. And one of the things I love is to see former podcast guests in concert. A while back, I had the Ritualists on the show. They came to D.C. to play a gig, so I went to go see them. The band that played before them was a duo called Monsoon, and please forgive the pun, I was blown away. So much so that I had to reach out to see if they wanted to be on the podcast. To my delight, singer and guitarist Sienna Chandler was happy to make an appearance. The way she got into music is unlike any other I've ever heard. She attended a local rock and roll type of band camp in Athens, Georgia, and it was around that time she got her first gig without a band. And by being told, she just looked like she was in a band. Well, she took that gig and had two weeks to form a band and write music. It also forced her to get out in front of people and sing. Sienna has some amazing stories like how performance anxiety helped name the band and accidentally moving into a cult commune. There's also the time that Toyota used a monsoon song in the Super Bowl commercial immediately after the halftime show. So you could technically argue that Beyonce opened for Monsoon. Maybe? The band went through a very tumultuous period between albums. But without that, Sienna would not have written an amazing album in Ghost Party. So support indie bands like Monsoon by buying their music and merch through platforms like Bandcamp. Go see them live. Follow Monsoon at Monsoon Band on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us at Performance ANX on both. You can support us through ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety or performanceanx.threadless.com. And I hope you're as blown away by Sienna Chandler and Monsoon as I was on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. <laughs> All right. Hey there, I'm Sienna Chandler from the band Monsoon. We are on Performance Anxiety. We just came out with our new album, Ghost Party. Came out in February. Really stoked to be here. Awesome. See all the acting paid off. <laughs> We're all set. Yes. I'm so sorry for being a little late. Um, no worries. So unprofessional. We were shooting pictures of our new merch and it oh, just cool. got a little crazy. So no worries. No worries. Hey, it's a podcast. Nothing professional about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Oh, no problem. No problem. Let me. So this is, this doesn't happen on the podcast a whole lot where I go to see a band and the opener blows me away so much that I've got to talk to them about it coming on the podcast. I'm, so, I'm flattered. Thank you. So I, th- I think this is actually just the second time that's happened. So what? We're like the chosen ones. Exactly. That's the, so exciting. The, <laughs> the performance anxiety chosen. <laughs> so, sounds kind of weird, but all right. <laughs> so the show at, at, at DC was just Phenomenal! I, it was. Uh, I went there to go see the Ritualists because uh, Christian Dryden was had been on the podcast, and he's from New Jersey, so he doesn't get down here all that often. So I figured, all right, well, let me go and I'll see the show. I'll shoot some pictures, and the guitarist and I were sitting there watching you guys play, and we just kind of stood there and stared at each other. And went, holy shit! <laughs> These guys are amazing. So. You not only blew me away, but you blew the guys in the ritualists away too. So that's great news. Yeah. I'm I'm always I'm still excited that people uh, like us. I'm like, oh, they're gonna uh, we are a bad band, and I'm 
just learning guitar. So I'm still like surprised and excited. Well, people like us. It was incredible. The sound you got was just so dense and full. It was awesome. Thank you. And I loved your guitar. What kind of guitar are you playing? I play a Tokai Talbo. It's a Japanese guitar. Um, okay. Uh, Devo, they had a Tokai in the band and a um, few other people. <laughs> yeah, I think Robert Poss from Band of Susans had one. And I, I just, I, it's a beautiful looking guitar. It look, looks like a flower. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I like that it's, um, it's spiky a little yes. bit, you know, it's kind of got like a, metal guitar look but then at the bottom it's like okay we're soft too yeah it's it's just the most incredible guitar and i love it so much oh it's it sounded incredible all right so the way i normally get into this is not by flattering the guests by (laughs) telling them how awesome they were at a show that i saw so this is we're breaking all kinds of new ground here so love it but (laughs) what i normally do and where we'll go now is to find out a little bit about how you got into music in the first place was there a lot in the house when you were growing up or were you forced to take lessons and eventually grew to love it how did music really make an impact on you well i come from my dad plays guitar and he's sort of like a vintage tube amp collector as well as guitars he collects um old guitars and and will flip them if he if he finds it at a thrift store so it's just guitars were always in and out of the house so there i i was exposed to like a lot of equipment so that and then the good music that accompanied that from my mom and dad um I was just always around that and uh, 90s Pixies were always playing and and Devo, I mentioned them too, like that kind of genre. And then just all the stuff that falls off of that. So I feel like I was raised in a very, in a house that appreciates great music. And then the guitar playing came later when I was around 12 or 13. Uh, I was finally like, okay, I need to, I need to learn one of these things that is constantly in the house. So um, I played a, we had a silver tone in the house and I kind of, oh, cool. it was really cool. Unfortunately it's sold. And now those <laughs> guitars um, are like so expensive and we're like, God damn it. Why didn't we, why didn't we keep it for a while? So it's hard to, my... it's hard to anticipate what ones are going to hit though. That's, that's, Oh, I know. It, I, I've had a one or two other people who've done that and it's just not eat. It's, I mean, it's basically gambling. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's pretty much what we did was guitar gambling and um, <laughs> tube amp gambling. And we've actually we had some really cool. Currently, we have Junior Brown's old guitar amp. Um, I need I need I don't know what it is called. Is it a Vibrolux? No. Oh. oh man, I should know this. I should know this. this is so embarrassing. But <laughs> it's it's sitting in our living room and it's it's quite cool. Oh so, wow. Yeah, that, that was a very cool introduction Junior for me. Brown is awesome. I, I reached out to him to try to see if he'd get it on the come on the podcast a couple of times, but he's never gotten back to me. So. Oh, come on. Yet, come on, Junior. Gosh, he's I saw him in concert live and it was incredible. Oh man. That, yeah. yeah. His his well, his whole setup is so wild. Yeah. Him and his wife playing together. Yeah. It's it's just incredible. I used to work at a venue and I tried to book him a long time ago. And, and he, he never got had back very, to you. He had a very big guarantee. <laughs> That's what he got back to me with. Uh, but, um, um, so yeah, Junior Brown, great guy, big money. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. When did you start playing in bands and out in public? That was, um, I joined this camp program uh, where they, it's only in Athens where they teach young teen tweens to be in a rock band with one another. And it's just, you know, it's like your stereotypical, like, oh, quick, hey, let's like get these kids in a band and they teach you how to communicate with one another and they give you, uh, well, they let you choose like songs you want to do or you do original. So um, it's, it's an incredible program that I've been lucky to also teach at as well um but it's at nucci space which is like a um it's, it's like for musicians and mental health and all that good stuff um, oh, cool. so yeah yeah they they host this incredible program and i went to that when i was a kid and you meet like all of these other cool like weirdo kids that have <laughs> common interests as you and um yeah, that's when I started playing with people. And then like through there, you just, you, you click with certain people. And that's where I met Joey at. I, well, I didn't meet him in Camp Amped actually. He met my mom because my mom would drop me off to go play in guitar with the other kids. And he was doing like an internship or a, oh. I think he was actually working there. And so when she would wait for me, he would start, he would give her coffee because uh, he was pouring coffee oh, for people wow. at the time. Yeah, so I... Yeah, that's how that's how I met Joey. And then a couple a year or two after that, I was just sitting at a show. I saw a B-52's cover band and this this guy asked me, he was like, hey, I'm trying to book this show and you look like you're in a band given I was like 16. And I was I had only been in the, the camp bands, which was, you know, listen to my my Nirvana cover. Right. And, yeah. And he so he was like, yeah, are you in a band? And I lied. And I said, yes, I'm in a band. I, I'm definitely in a band and I want to play a show. Cause like, that's the coolest thing is playing the rock show outside of camp, you know? Right. And we got to do that. So the show was in two weeks. So I had to figure out how to like form a, a legit band in two weeks. Oh my and my gosh. mom was like, I know this guy named Joey. He's giving me coffee. I know him. <laughs> so send him a message. It won't be weird. And I was like, mom, I don't even know him. Oh so, my gosh. It, uh, he said yes. That's then 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an engagement. Yeah. I asked him. Yeah, he it, it yes. is an engagement. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, Therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Try doing that in person. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Performance Anxiety listeners 
you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. That's betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. I, I, it's so weird, like the, the little things like that. Like I, ha- I would have had no idea we'd, we'd be each other's lives, you yeah. know? I that, just saw, saw him in passing and stuff. That's amazing. It really is yeah. amazing the connections you make through music. Yeah, seriously. So that was where you filmed a, a video for Never Knows Best. Is that is that the same place? Changes the medicines all right, all right, all right. And fortune says you got lucky numbers tonight, tonight, tonight. Well, mama said don't mess with your fantasies. Work hard, break hard, making enough to get a clean blouse for you. Is that a Nooses Space live stream? Never knows best. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was um, yeah. We got asked to do that. Was actually at my house. I was accidentally started living in this like cult <laughs> commune. <laughs> that was filmed. <laughs> That's where that was filmed. But it was for Nucci Space, so we recorded a song and made a funny video. Yeah, for the program. I think it was okay. like a part of a, a summer band in Athens during the summer. Here's a single kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Were you singing this whole time or was singing something that came when you, you know, had to rush to start a band? That's a really good question. Yes. To that, because I was so shy. I was like, I would not sing when the camp kids were asked to sing. Like I wouldn't do it. Someone else would have to do it. Um, And then when that show got offered to me, you know, the drummer wasn't going to sing and the, neither was the bass player. So I was like, God damn it. I guess I have to do it and get over this. stage fright so I was never really a singer I I liked playing guitar more and I was more of a guitar player uh so I had to learn how to sing and play my sick riffs at the same time (laughs) (laughs) so that's where that started that's amazing doing that is just amazing to me I play some very rudimentary guitar I only sing as a when it's a needed for comedy effect you know comedic effect so I, and I can't do the two together at the same time. Just, I, I have no idea. I know a lot of people just say, oh, it's just practice and practice. But I mean, it's so hard. I can't. It's, Ugh. you have to like turn off one part of your brain to be able to do it. It's quite strange. Uh, a lot of practice in the mirror and yeah, it's, it is quite challenging. So say. was guitar your f- very first instrument or were there, was there something else lurking around in your closet? My first and last. Well, okay. I did play flute. I played flute in the middle school band and then a good bit out into high school. And I did the whole marching band program and the, I was in symphonic band. So I, I did have like a flute training that's, and so I could read music and stuff like that. Oh, that's good. I, I love band kids. All three of my kids are band kids. So my, my youngest is a drum major this year. Oh, that's so sick. So yeah. Oh my God. I love marching bands so much that like nothing compares to that feeling of like the marching band and the parade and you can feel it in your chest. It's so cool. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, I never did it in high school. So when my kids started picking it up, I was like, yes, thank God. Yes, That's awesome. My dad, my parents were never, 
don't know. We never really asked for music lessons, and then they never really mm-hmm. forced them on us. So it just n- kind of naturally never happened until my dad. Yeah. I, I decided I, w- I heard some, I think I just heard Led Zeppelin. I'm like, I want that. Yeah, I want to learn how to play guitar. And a couple of years later, my dad's like, here, here's an acoustic. And the action is like six inches high on it. You know, it's just <laughs> terrible. So that didn't oh, encourage yeah. me to play any at all. So, but oh, yes. Anyway, so how did you guys come up with the name Monsoon? Well, I was writing a song called Monsoon first and foremost. A band name. We had a working bad one, but it it didn't stick. And then, uh, yeah. like our third show together, we played a house party, which was like the epitome of of like, oh, just, uh, we're playing a house party. This is so cool. We we're made still it in high school. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> and so I didn't really have anything to say. I was still. I didn't know how to talk to people yet. I didn't know how to like do a show. Right. Um, <laughs> So I just was like, this song is Monsoon. And I think I kind of mumbled. And the only thing people could make out was Monsoon. So people just started calling us that because they thought our that was our band name. But <laughs> and, and I was like, you know what? That works. I like it. And coming up with a band name is one of the hardest parts in a band. I have heard that right. so many times. You have yeah. no idea how many people I've had on here whose band name was actually just a placeholder until they could find a better one. Uh-huh. And then four or five gigs later, they it's it sticks because they haven't come up with a better one, and they keep getting <laughs> gigs. So, yep. So That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but Monsoon is a great name. It's not like it was a crappy name that that ended up sticking. Monsoon is awesome. Thank you for saying that. Sometimes, do you ever get in your head about your own name? Like, wow, my name is Mark, or my the podcast. Oh, really? Performance anxiety? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I get so many people asking me about if it's about mental health. And I'm like, son of a bitch. God damn it. I know. No. I, uh, <laughs> Rock and roll here. And it was supposed to be, the, there was supposed to be like a through line for each episode about asking people about having performance anxiety and if they had to get over it and what they did and and it just never <laughs> happened. I never, I just keep kept forgetting to ask people. And so <laughs> it, but I'd already had artwork done yeah. and uh, I was like, ah, oh, well, I, I, I guess my placeholder, it wasn't even a placeholder. It was the one I yeah. picked, but I didn't realize how uh, misinterpreted it was going to be. <laughs> I think it's a great name. I think it, it's, you know, this, it's a not often asked question and it's, it's a cool, it, it makes it seem like a music podcast and talking about shows and. Oh, I appreciate that. I think it's great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like thinking about your own name too hard. I will do that with monsoon sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, have I made a terrible mistake? <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm glad to hear it's tracking 10 years later. I, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, it's, and uh, it, 
I'm, I'm surprised I haven't heard of another band named Monsoon. That's great news because there's a couple I'm very aware of, and I'm just like, all right, I'm going to get famous before this. Yeah. <laughs> you got to register it. Yes. I heard, oh, okay. Who? I just had somebody on that was, uh, who the hell was it? I, I, I can't remember. But they had registered whatever name it was that the band was, and like two years later, another band started doing the same thing with similar artwork and, and they're like, oh, no, Hey, this is legally ours. So you gotta, you yeah. gotta cease and desist, sir. And wow. So they got, okay. they got lawyers in, in, in on it. And then, uh, they had to uh, stop using the, whatever the band, I, I wish I could remember who it was now. Damn it. Oh, well. I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So yeah, I need you to clear something up for me because in a lot of the, uh, I guess bio that I've read, it's Monsoon is classified as a trio. But when I saw you in DC and in a lot of, a lot of the liner, I guess, quote unquote, liner notes and credits, I guess maybe would be a better term. It's mm-hmm. just you and Joey. So, yeah, that, that's a great question. We just sort of, so we, for the, we wrote this, well, we both worked on Ghost 40 together, and then we have had a live bass player since 2017, I believe. And round about a couple of weeks ago, we, okay, let me rewind really quick. I'm sorry, sure. this is a big question. Um, we had a lot of harmony tracks on our album. There was all kinds of really intense stuff happening that we wanted to capture live because it was just such a big part of the album. So we got this fancy machine called a Roland and we put all of the harmony tracks through there and we've just kind of been bouncing around bass players for various types of reasons um okay but uh we found out that we could well my Joey uh, he knew how to do this he put the bass tracks into the Roland machine and so now we've just been playing with that so Ghost Party has always been Sienna and Joey but for a live we've just been using a bass player and up until like maybe two weeks ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And it really depends. It's like, okay, who can we fit in the van? Like, is this person old enough to get into the venues? It's never like, it has not been salty reasons. It's really like, we have so much merch that we can't fit another human being in the car. Um, we had a whole van fiasco too. We had a tour van and it broke down. You know, that's how that story goes. I so, saw in doing research, I I watched ev- and listened to everything I could. So I did hear that, you know, Joey can't be here because he's at a soccer game. <laughs> he's at a soccer game. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, check out if, if them, if you want that to make any sense, go check out Monsoon's YouTube page. Cause it'll make a lot more sense if you start listening and, and watching all their videos. At a soccer game, we can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> so, at what point did you start working on Riderola? So, Riderola was our. I was okay. So, when we got asked to play that show, and I lied about being in a band, <laughs> I, it, it it didn't occur to me to to do covers, and I I had this like, yeah, I'm not gonna be a cover band, and so I just <laughs> immediately started writing. I was a little shit. Man, it, um, <laughs> it's like I don't use pedals because my guitar is good enough. I was that that kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, so I just immediately started writing our own songs, and 
and yeah, it really just took off from there. I think like maybe a year and a half later, we, we recorded everything and then Riderola came out in 2015. So yeah, it, it, we were lucky enough to get on a Toyota commercial. Uh, yeah, how did really cool. how did that happen? Did I mean did they reach out to you or did you have to submit it somewhere? No, Toyota reached out to me on Facebook. Toyota's the entity. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like so under some like ad agency, but yeah, it was really crazy because wow. I was like, oh, this is some UGA like college film thing, right? Um, and so I, I clicked on their links and I was like, oh shit, nah, this looks a little bit more <laughs> crazy. Than this, is that. Actually, this is legit. Yeah, and it was only like uh, five or six months after the album came out, and they wanted to use Riderola on a Toyota commercial, and I said, bet, (laughs) many times, (laughs) Um, and and it was crazy. It's like one of those things. I still don't believe that that happened or how it happened. I guess, you know, Atlanta and Athens, there's sort of this bridge there, so one guy saw us, and he was like, I know it would be perfect for this Toyota commercial. Wow. Is this is this little punk band in Athens. They would be great. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, it was it was incredible. It's like My God. winning it, it was nuts. And then, you know, watching the Super Bowl and not knowing exactly what commercial it's gonna come on, or like kinda like, is it gonna do it? Is it gonna do it? And then sure enough, right after Beyonce did her halftime show, wow. like there's Rider Olaf. Right oh my- in, Beyonce opened for me. That's exactly right. Oh my gosh. That is insane. So so what happened after that? I mean, did did things take off for you after that? Or was it just... They didn't. No. (laughs) (laughs) They they went like really far in the other direction. Oh no. Funny, like this big like monumental thing happens and then it just like all falls apart um that's around that time or before the toyota commercial happened joey went on to pursue some stuff and we kind of had a split in the band so i was playing with some other people bless them for keeping it going but it you know it wasn't like the same and i kind of got caught up in a relationship too and so like life was just happening and like the band was getting farther and farther away from me and then uh which was really sad it was like all this really like Toyota was happening, but uh, all these sad things were happening too. And, oh, wow. um, so there, there really was no like momentum with monsoon at all. Like I didn't, I didn't have any booking agents or managers or any of that stuff. It was very, very DIY. It still is. And, and I didn't know how to use Toyota the commercial as a launching point into other stuff. I just like, yeah. I didn't have the email skills or like, who do I even talk to about, that that's stuff. that's so tough when you're independent. You know, you're doing it all on your yeah. own. Yeah, and it, you know, it's not my choice. I would, I would fucking love to have help. Like, please, <laughs> yeah. we're. I would love to sell out. Come on. <laughs> um, 
but you know it's just like it was it was that way and so yeah it just kind of fizzled out for a second and then I think after that I just kind of started hopping around with different musicians just to kind of keep the fire going we kept yeah. playing on the the Rider Rolla album not really writing any new material oh so. really we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors Hey guys, I want to talk to you about socks for a second. Why not? It's a music podcast. But I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot and loved them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was Jailbait. Wait, Jailbird. The design I chose was Jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made and 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran-owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet and help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com. The the Toyota commercial, did that happen before the music for the moon stuff or after? The oh, the that was the before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um the music for the moon was like the the happy it, scale of monsoon's history but yeah it was before okay that how did that part of the uh the equation happen well me and joey eventually we got back together and started writing ghost party and it was this awesome like awesome chapter in, yeah. in our lives and like we were playing shows again and it monsoon felt like so how it was supposed to be from the get-go how did you uh, and joey reconnect i was just i couldn't stop thinking about like this isn't right monsoon needs to be the right thing and this isn't right and so i <laughs> we hadn't talked in two years and wow. i like saw him downtown and i was like oh my god it's this guy that i'm like thinking about every day does he think about me every day and like and um <laughs> i just i was really nice i was really excited to see him like maybe too overly excited for someone that hasn't spoken in two years and i i sent him a message after and i was like oh my god it was really really good to see you and like let's meet up and i didn't i didn't want to like push music i just wanted to like you know talk as friends and then yeah. eventually after that it was like all right let's let's i have some new songs do you want to see them and that was ghost party i showed him ghost party and a third voice a couple others off wow. the album and he was like this this is cool let's make this happen so we started recording and then you know, I was always on the lookout for like little opportunities for us as much as I could be. And I was also really into NASA. So there was this thing you could submit yourself to go to the go see the space launch system. Oh, cool. I didn't get to see a rocket launch, but I got to see like all this really cool NASA stuff. And I was on the bus with all these nerds and they were talking <laughs> <laughs> about like, did you know that there's a music to the moon and you get to like play for Buzz Aldrin and all this stuff? Wow. And I was like, what? So I, yeah, th that was part of the process. I oh, submitted wow. my, this little moon song, very cute little ditty. And <laughs> that was Arrival, right? Arrival, yeah. <laughs> Open fire to your heart, baby. 
on YouTube, but that was me trying to like really impress the spaceman <laughs> with, with monsoon rock. It, we did not win this other girl one. I was really <laughs> upset. <laughs> I can tell you're still I, upset about it. I'm still upset. I wanted to play NASA's 50th anniversary or I, maybe it was 90th. I don't remember. But <laughs> it was an anniversary and I wanted it to be me. Yeah. <laughs> this other bimbo that didn't deserve it. Uh, no justice. Um, yeah. So that's, and that's kind of like during that phase, I got really into making like stupid videos. And I <laughs> so want to get back to that time. But that's when I made like constructive criticism and like all those like funny. Yes. Things. And that, that, uh, the interview where everybody's the at a soccer with, game. Yeah. Yeah. Game. That made me laugh a lot. I'm so, so glad. All right. So I want to go back to Ride a Roller for a second because the one thing I noticed is that there is a, large Japanese influence on the album. And I don't think you're Japanese. I'm not. Um, I'm not. <laughs> so what, I mean, Ryder, you sing in Japanese. Yeah. It, you know, I have always been very interested and, and fascinated with Japanese culture and food and just like all of it that I've always wanted to go there. And at the time of writing it, I wanted to to make a song that expressed that and it was it was just like very for me it was I didn't mean for it to to get so commercial <laughs> but um it, it's maybe not something I would do nowadays I have gotten unfortunately like a little bit of like flack for that like you're a white girl singing in Japanese and it's like just that wasn't that wasn't a thing at that time or yeah. not a thing I knew about and and monsoon was so like like low like we weren't in any public eye, so yeah. I was like, "This is just something for me that I want to make." But yeah, I mean, I well, am really into Japanese culture. And you, I mean, it's not like you're making fun of it. You're, no, you're celebrating the culture. Yes, I am, and and I think that has gotten confused at at some points where I'm like trying to be a culture I'm not, and it's it's. I think people are a little not like that at all. Yeah, I think people take that shit a little too seriously. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it has sucked, and and during that time, it was yeah. like on top of all that other stuff that was going. On, I was like, oh my god, not this. Oh, but, that, uh, yeah, that's like the last thing you needed. Yeah, but it's okay. So yeah, that's that's where that comes from. So I I did notice between Ride Rolla and Ghost Party, there's quite a big shift in sound. There, yeah, you know, Ride Rolla is a lot more punk, almost surf punk in, in yeah. spots. And Ghost Party is a lot more, and, and you mentioned them earlier, it sounds a lot more like the Pixies, where a lot more light and oh, shade. Cool. You know, it's nice. the, the leap in songwriting is huge. I, and I, I, I like Ride a Roll a lot, but I, I love Ghost Party. Yes, I'm so glad to hear that. Yes, it is a very big shift and part of the reason is because i was writing writer role in high school like I, I barely knew how to sing i barely knew how to play guitar like all of that was so quickly thrust on me that, and i had to learn it really quick yeah. and like even my voice i i can't stand my voice on writer <laughs> and, and so it took all those years to like figure out okay how do i how do i want to play guitar what kind of songs do i want to write and ghost party is that like ghost party is the album i 
wanted to write, but just didn't have the skills or know-how or time to be able to do that yet. Oh, okay. It's a very theatrical album. It's very like, like mad, like circusy, and it, it's just like a very, very high level up. It's almost like a different band sometimes. It uh, does. From- it sound. It does sound like a different band. And you, you did mention something that I wanted to ask you about. I do hear a like almost like a musical theater influence in some things and within the, in the videos you're actually doing musical theater in some of them is that something that you were into before or that that influences the music now maybe more than it did earlier yeah i think so when i i was really into broadway when i was a kid you know and i was in marching band too and i feel mm. like all that stuff yeah. goes very hand in hand i like i i just like dramatic stuff and i like like kind of goofy like um danny elfman's a really good influence for me like oingo boingo i just love how he writes music and it's like chaotic but there's moments where the instrumentation is just like you're like a superhero of music and how did you think of this and i i really i like that style of music and i feel like ghost party we were able to achieve that like this very like what, what am i calling it broadway rock yeah <laughs> kind of thing i like that broadway yeah. rock yeah so you also have done some acting. I've seen you in some videos, some music videos, but you also have a, a role in the movie Ragged Heart. Mm-hmm. Where where did the act, I mean, was acting something that came along with the music or is that something new? I always loved acting. I, um, I, was, I was never really like pursuing it just because, again, I didn't know how, like who yeah. do you write to to pursue this thing, but. I guess I just like the showbiz, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they a group of friends of mine, they were doing a lot of music videos. They did music videos for John Broco, which is awesome UK band. And they asked me to be a part of them. And I, these, this group of friends, they're in, um, they have a company called Dominar Films. Okay. So anytime they needed someone before they got famous, they would reach out to me and just <laughs> like, Hey, do you want to play like a cowgirl? Do you want to, do this or that and i would always say yes and i loved it so i sort of had some music video acting experience and then and ragged heart reached out to me as well and they were like hey i know you're a musician but do you ever act we're looking for an upset indie girl to play this role and i said (laughs) i could do that great (laughs) perfect so yeah they just and i i said yes a thousand times over and yeah it was fun because that movie um we were still writing ghost party during that movie and they asked oh, cool. me to come in with a song so i got to do an unfinished pig pen and it's, it made one of the scenes and it's like so really it was a little emotional to watch me and my drummer got to see the premiere in austin and we're oh, like oh my god that is it's our child that is awesome i love pig pen that is a great Thank song you. oh Thank man you so much. as long as i know you're I 
watched the trailer and I saw that little clip of you in there. So I'm definitely interested in seeing the whole movie. It actually, you know, beyond the fact that you're on the podcast and you're in the movie, it actually looks like a really interesting movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. And it, it really highlights Athens as a whole, the community, oh, um, nice. a, a lot of music that has come in and it, it's worth a watch. Wow. Shout out uh, Evan McNary. He's the director. He's wonderful. In between Ride Rolla and, and Ghost Party, you had, had you completely backed away from music? So you weren't writing anything or? Well, that, it, you know, it was like this very, you know, when you leave the water on to, so it won't freeze. And yeah. It's just like slow drips. It kind of felt like that. <laughs> like I was still barely keeping it going just by, you know, I had a rotating group of people that, you know, played bass or drums for me. And we would just play shows and I was trying to write, but it wasn't working the way I wanted it to. Uh, and I, I just kept kind of having this thought of like, if I was with Joey, they, this would just be the way I needed it to be and the way I want it to be. And so for a moment, it was a very brief moment, but I, I did like quit Monsoon altogether. And I started like writing songs, pretending that he would one day be my drummer again and then wow. that's like ghost party just fell out it was really cool i kind of like uh played a trick on myself and i then shortly after i, I reached out to him and that is we wild. started ghost party together yeah it was i felt like i was off my rockers during that time <laughs> i was like if i just pretend this person i haven't spoken to in two years <laughs> like wants to be my friend then wow. the the music will come like it was like <laughs> i was like living in this little garden house behind this british woman and it, it, it all of it just felt like this fairy tale it um, kind of worked so. though <laughs> yeah i think so i think if, if you started writing ghost party that with that way you know hey then thinking worked. like well shit how am i gonna trick myself into writing a third album exactly we'll <laughs> I, and i don't want joey leaving so you got to come up with something new no uh, joey's joey's in it forever awesome so, all right so ghost party mm -hmm. i hadn't heard any of it until i saw you guys play oh wow live yeah first so um, live, that, that show was my very first exposure to you guys and i literally just sat there with my jaw open i was taking photos but i was also just between them i was just sitting there going how are they getting this sound from just the two of them this is amazing and I went and, and bought the album. I've been streaming it. And I, I have to ask, is there a, like a story arc in, in the album or a concept? Because I hear a lot of baseball references, <laughs> um, a lot of recurring themes and phrases like don't move, Beetle yeah. Bee, um, heart versus brain, seeing strangers' lives flashing before their eyes. Yeah. Is there a... a a uniting theme th for the whole album? Yes, there is. I, it's, it is a concept album of just my own, like, uh, this sounds so emo, but like my own <laughs> turmoil and whatnot. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it kind of like reconnecting with Joey. It, it was so, it was like reconnecting with like, like me and him and like, and, and finding our way back to one another. Cause I, I went through like the bad relationship and stuff and, yeah. you know, trying to like beat a dead horse with Monsoon. Like Monsoon was my childhood. Like 
I didn't really have friends until like this music and, and the first part, this first chapter of monsoon, like Rider Rolla was just like, Oh my God, I'm, this is what I like to do. This is living. Like, this is my thing. And then like literally one day it's just gone and, oh, wow. and it's, it's not the same anymore. And it was not really this, uh, it was like this emotional baggage. I didn't really know about until like two years later. And I, was just i don't know i I, it kind of all hit me at once and i was like oh this is why i'm so upset like this is what i need in my life this is kind of this hole that i need to fill and um and like for a couple days i was like no no you're just crazy (laughs) but it really was like it took some time and i thought about it and i was like no i really need to write a new record and it really needs to be with joey and like I, i knew it so uh, as if like Jesus had come down and blessed my brain with wow. this awesome knowledge. Like you must, if you want to get into the <laughs> gates of heaven, you must complete this mission. It was so, this most intense feeling I've ever felt. Wow. And so um, I just started like writing about, you know, the, the passing of time and, and maybe a little bit of like growing up and like, ah, oh, fuck, I need to fix things. Don't move, don't move, don't move. And all that stuff. And, I, do you have you ever watched the seventh seal it's no it's this old pretentious movie about <laughs> this, <laughs> this guy that's got to battle death so that or no he's got to uh play a chess game with death and if the grim reaper wins then he gets to take the guy's life but if the dude wins then you know the grim reaper so i oh, i kind of wow. like do a play on that in beetle Bee. Cause I don't know. I just felt like I was getting older and like losing my chance to like reconnect with Joey and, and make the album that we needed to. So I use that movie as sort of a um, reference point for how I was feeling. It's like, okay, I need to, I need to beat the passing of time by making this awesome record (laughs) and and stuff like that. And like heart, muscle, brain, I I talk in, in trios at the time we were a trio, but the heart, muscle and brain is supposed to represent you know, the three members of the band. And yeah, I, I use a lot of uh, metaphors in the album. Yeah. And, and I, I'll be honest with you, I love baseball references. So it's uh, sports references in, in songs. Yeah. Well. You should watch The Seven Steel. It's baseball, except it's chess. Oh, I will. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, I know I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It's like classic. It's, it's very good. Oh, man. All right. So the album starts off with one of the coolest tracks on it with Walking Legs. When I was saying that you have a pixie sound to it, that's one of the the first examples yeah. I'd come up with. That I mean, that and, and you know, Pigpen, Beetlebee, they, they've all got this light and shade, <laughs> soft and, and and quiet and loud moments going yeah. on. 
And I, I love, I mean, third voice, God, I mean, I'm going track by track. I'm looking it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Dark Colossus is a lot different. I, I really like the, the quality. It sounds like one of the more raw songs on the, on the album. And I, I really like the, the, the guitar sound on that. Colossus was supposed to be the end of Oh Brother. And Night Shop kind of has a similar thing where it detours into this like dreamscape. The whole album yeah. kind of like dips in and dips out of like reality and stuff, much like I was feeling at the time of writing. But um yeah, so Dark Colossus was supposed to be Oh Brother. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like this as its own song. And I find myself skipping Oh Brother to get to this like cool end. So <laughs> let's let's separate the songs. Yeah, that one. That's a the first one we released. It was kind of a teaser. It's like a one minute song. Yeah, and uh, I was like, this will be a good intro for Ghost Party. So you, that was a an ending that you isolated. Mm -hmm. In that vein, the video for "Don't Move" has an ending that doesn't mm -hmm. exist on the album. Yes, it How, does. It so what? Okay, so where where is it? I'm I'm missing it. We. Wow. I've, you know the deep cuts. You did your research. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, you know, we have talked about using... That ending was supposed to be uh, other, another Ghost Party song, but we ran out of time and we kind of had to um, nix it. It was going to be a song called Crusades, and it was that was the beginning of the song. I was like, you know what? Let's slap it on the end of Don't Move, because I really wanted like this dream sequence at the end of Don't Move, but yeah. there wasn't enough song to see that through so oh, we slapped okay. that on and we've always talked about like oh man should we do like the the last hidden ghost party song that was it was kind of incomplete and in the album it was already so so far ahead and we're like okay let's just make it 11 songs which also numerically like ties into the album somehow i was like okay yeah <laughs> okay so so it's not uh, on yeah. the it's not technically on the album but it was going to be part of the album was going to be part of it, so we slapped the intro I onto it. I love that ending part of it. I, I just, that it actually fits so perfectly into it. I it does. I love it. So the, my other favorite song, all right, so Don't Move, Third Voice, Pigpen. 
That's my my trio right there of my, if I had to pick a top three. Walking Legs is right up there too, but it's Pigpen is awesome. That is just a great I song. Love, I love Pigpen. Pigpen was is like the the grand wisdom of the album. This is so nerdy. Um, <laughs> Pigpen was like the first riff I wrote for for all of it, and then oh wow, third. It's funny you mentioned that third voice don't move, and I think another song they were all the same song because i i was like trying to figure out how different riffs would flow into one another so they're all in drop d they all start on the ninth fret um and so they're very much in like the similar universe okay uh, so to say so that okay yeah. I, I and i can see that i, I can definitely you know hear it listening to it so that that makes a lot of sense interesting clue into your process your songwriting process too i like that yeah i i'm not a great guitar player or, or songwriter but like when i i really have to like okay these don't match i have to separate them this is a different song uh and, and then i went down a wormhole of like every song needed to be indie on the ninth fret to create this <laughs> universe not every song is but like most of the songs on ghost party are written in the same key wow so. okay tidbit of information there so are you the main songwriter does joey help out at all um yeah i write i write the i write the albums okay um, <laughs> he is incredible like I, I don't write the drum parts i just write the guitar parts he writes the drum parts that makes sense and he played bass on this album oh, uh it was cool. incredible and then he also recorded it and he plays a, a huge part like such a huge part like it definitely he's he has the, the credits of, of being everything that I am. But yeah, he, he just does has his his own things that he helps out with. And then, so we both produced all the harmony sections. Like um, I would come to the table with some and then he would come to the table with some. And it was funny. I feel like there was this part where we, I would make this awesome harmony thing and then he would top me. And then I would have to be like, okay, well, no, what if you added this on top of it? And it was just like this, <laughs> not a competition, but like <laughs> we were, we just kept piling on top of each other and making like this symphonic piece of art rock. Well, it came out, it, it came out beautifully. It, it worked because I, the harmonies are incredible. I, I mean, don't move, you know, the, the, the melody in, in don't move is, is amazing. The, the choruses in pig pen and Beetleby. Oh my gosh. It's, it's amazing. I mean, where did you guys record this? Was it in a, in a studio? Was it home recording? Just our studio. We, wow. um, ghost party was technically finished in 2018 and we went to this recording guy, a couple actually, and they're just all too expensive. And yeah. I mean, to our credit, we were really broke. I think they had fair prices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're like, okay, uh, we could just buy all of the gear and like learn how to do this ourselves. And I'm so wow. glad we did because we wouldn't have had all the harmonies that 
that are there now if we hadn't have recorded it ourselves because we had time and we had time to kill. And it's like, all right, what if you add like some bop on don't move, like what'll happen? So that's not something we would have figured out if we were like, okay, you're going to be in the studio for like three to three days to a week. Yeah. Um, we had years to work on it and years to like really work on editing. I would say that was a big part and producing our own album. So with, with so much time, was it tough to really put a deadline on it? And say, this is done. It is over. That's a good question. It, it felt it, we kept adding on to it and it did feel like, Oh God, when, when is this going to be done? <laughs> but in some, in a larger way, it was like it, I'm going to know when it's done. And we did hit that point. We're like, okay, we're all satisfied. Like there's not a wow. single thing. And, and then that's when, oh, and then, well, okay. We used 2020, we used the COVID years to kind of just fix some loose ends. So that was actually very beneficial. Yeah. Um, I feel like we still would have kept doing that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, um, pandemic or not. <laughs> pandemic or not, we would have been like, no, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. And then finally, <laughs> last year, October, we released Don't Move. It was a long time, but worth it for us. And then the full album came out in February. Was that, is that right? Yeah, it came out. Mm -hmm. It's an Aquarius album. Came out in February. <laughs> so it, it's it's been out a while now. Are you guys working on a, the follow up yet? Oh gosh, no. We're. I feel like we're just getting <laughs> our feet wet with Ghost Party. Wow. Like the 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 stuff after Ghost Party, you know, like you put all this time and work into making a record and you know, we're still DIY. We don't have any representation. And, uh, I was like, okay, five years went into this album. It needs to like, see where people need to hear about it. And, you know, you can only like pay for so much PR before you go broke. Yeah. So, and that helped a little bit, but like really the, the big thing that I feel like has gotten ghost party heard is, is constantly touring. And, yeah, it, it's worked for so, me. Yeah, I, we just are. We're at a point where we were able to leave our jobs, and wow. it's it, we're living a, a wonderful life right now, and and just getting to play this album we worked so hard on, and getting to experience this like second half of writing an album, which is playing shows and like making shows. Like today, part of the reason why I'm late is because we were messing with a light show. Like we've added. Uh, Joey has added lights to oh, wow. everything and it's just going to make the live show so much more tense, memorable. I feel like oh, I mean, it's nice. already cool that we have all the harmonies live, but so, so yeah, we're, we're fine tuning live shows. And, that is uh, also, you're giving it a chance to breathe and develop live. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to breathe for at least like, you know, the, the rest of this year, definitely. And then we already are booked in January and February. So I, I would really love for when I write a third album to have like maybe more help you know i, I want to use the touring now as a means to like maybe shake some hands and and really have a third album be more just have more help with it i guess a little bit of a uh, little collaborative well in terms of of like you know maybe not having a record label but having a booking agent or just like some pr that's i don't want to say better than what we had but like yeah you know what I mean? Just more press on it. Um, cause it is, has been a lot of work to, to kind of lift ghost party off the ground. And I, I don't want it to go unseen. Right. So I'm feeling like next time around, I would like to, 
to have it seem easier and quicker. <laughs> this touring is fun, but goddamn, it takes a toll on you. <laughs> doing it, yeah, doing it on your own DIY is, is sounds awesome, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So hopefully someone sees one of our shows. I mean, this is a great example. Like I got to meet you and I'm on this cool podcast and all you had all these other amazing artists. And for some reason you're having me be a part of it. Like that's, that's amazing. I'm from Georgia. Like I'm, I shouldn't know you. It's so cool. Well, I did live in Alabama for 10 years. Hey, okay. (laughs) We were close. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. Alabama. Yes. Really what I'm looking for is like the right kind of management for us in, in do, doing a tour package, like getting to tour with an artist, maybe a little bit yeah. more notoriety than us. It would be so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm just emailing venues and emailing bands and it's, yes. I'm, I'm waiting for the moment to find where we can have help in that avenue. So, well, I'm in your camp. So I'm going to definitely do whatever I can to help out because I love the album. I believe in you guys. The live show is phenomenal sounding, adding even more, you know, more lights to it and all. I just, I, I can't wait for you guys to come back to the areas to see it. I want to take some more photos of you guys. Yeah. We love DC. We love like the little DC Maryland pocket. It's just lovely. I love it. It's a really cool place. There's a whole bunch of places to play. I mean, D.C., Maryland, and, and Northern Virginia, a lot yeah. of smaller venues that are just awesome. You know, you, you, you can actually get uh, a decent crowd in, too. So it, it's, I, I think it's a really cool area. There's, there's so you have basically three states right at your fingertips there. You, you, yeah. Anywhere from Baltimore, D.C., Northern Virginia, uh, yeah. Silver Spring. There's it's, so many places. It's so nice, too, because it's Baltimore is like less crazy than you know going to new york it's just it's really nice and yeah i'm looking forward to that to answer your other question in terms of new music um there's there's not been a terrible amount of time but we do have a few newer songs in in the the back um that will that we need to kind of brush up on i think this christmas we're going to use that time um when you know not a lot of like show opportunities are there to to work on that so Well, I'm excited for new music because, and you explained it, there's a big gap between Rider Roll and Ghost Party, but the sound took a huge leap forward. So I'm just really excited to see where you go from Ghost Party because it's it's a great album and I love the way the sound develops. So I'm really excited to see where you guys go. Thank you so much. I'm Hopefully I can uh, live up to Ghost Party. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about it. I was like, God damn, that was a hard record to write. Will I be able to write to top myself? You know, the goal is to top yourself each time. And right. I'm like, oh, man, I made it hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you went to the bar here to like off screen. The, the bar was <laughs> good you. with Rider Rolla, but man, it's, 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 it's a lot higher now. I mean, there was a, it, it was a big, big jump in, in the songwriting. I don't want to say quality. Cause that's, that's a, terrible way to put it <laughs> i know what you mean though no it's and it really does it's ghost party is it, it's a much more seasoned record it, it, it sounds like i learned how to play guitar a little bit more and, and seasoned. i feel That's a lot perfect. more thoughtful thank you yeah seasoned and i feel more thoughtful about structuring songs and well there's yeah. a lot more diversity in the sound and the sounds in ghost party than there were right or roll 
Yes. Well, we've talked a lot about the album. How can people find it and buy it? Spotify is, um, I actually just put all of our merch on Spotify. Uh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, no, it's like a totally new thing. And I'm trying to be the first one to do it so that (laughs) it helps some sort of algorithm we'll never get into. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Me uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, And then Bandcamp, that's where we sell. We have our seven inch there and our our full lengths are coming in November. Wow. Really excited about that. And... Yeah, I think those are the two spots. I mean, it, it, it's on iTunes as well. It's on all the all all the stuff. All the streaming platforms, right? Yeah, Monsoon Band on Instagram. That's where we update about tours and stuff. I'm a physical guy. I I need I I love having a physical copy of something. So I'm, that's why I had to order that the CD. I'm because I, I like playing the CD. I can't. I I have a record player somewhere, but my I think my son took it. Uh, darn oh, son. Know. Looking around, that might be in this room somewhere. I don't, I don't know, but I hate, I love the sound of vinyl, but with what vinyl costs now, I'm so scared to play vinyl. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to ruin yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so nervous about playing vinyl. Ugh. Ooh, I guess you just got to get two Monsoon records, one to play and one to display. Fun. One for play, display. one for display. There you go. Yes. <laughs> well, all right, so... Where can people follow the band? I know you've got, you've got a website and you mentioned the social media. What's the best way for them to, to keep in touch with show dates and where you're going to be and eventual third albums? Ooh, um, Monsoon Band Instagram would be the one. I That's the one I most use. I'm, I'm on that kind of updating a lot. And then in our bio is the link tree with, with all of the shows and all of the, the other things that you could possibly need so yeah we, and we do have a website too it's just it's horribly done because i did it in a, in a quick <laughs> jiffy but that's why we did a photo shoot today and that is to update our website to to make it look less clunky but um so yeah w- website and monsoon band instagram awesome so, well yeah this has been fantastic it's been great getting to know you it's been Awesome listening to the album. It was amazing seeing you live. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and telling me all about how you got into this insanity. Yeah, Mark, thank you so much for having me. This is such a cool thing to be a part of. And uh, and it was so so nice to to meet you at the show and like hopefully we'll get to see you again. Yeah, you guys definitely have to come to the area because I'll see if I can bring a couple more people and and, uh, expose a few more people to, to a monsoon. Yeah. Oh, and we'll have the lights by that time too. It's yeah. beautiful. We have coffee. That, that oh is... that's right. So before we sign off, I oh. love coffee. So I'm gonna have to order this. How did you get into offering coffee? Uh Athens has this very special coffee shop called Jittery Joe's. Okay. It's you know, like the, the local thing in Athens, Jittery Joe's coffee. And they have partnered with a couple bands, Kishibashi, Drive by Trackers, oh. uh, Pylon has a coffee. And so wow. uh, a year ago, they were like, we should do some of the, you know, not as famous bands. <laughs> and so <laughs> they reached out to Monsoon. And uh, I was like, hell wow. yeah, I want to do a coffee. That is so cool. And um, I think I'm the we're the only band to have actively kept keep on ordering coffee. Um, oh wow! Because it's just such a cool merch item. Like, 
I, even it if is. people don't buy it, it, it makes our merch stand look sick. <laughs> it does. Awesome. I'm going to have to buy some because I, I, I love coffee. I, I, obviously, I love whiskey and I love coffee. Yeah. And sometimes I like to put the two together. So maybe we'll put the black. Rebel Motorcycle Club in the Ghost Road <laughs> and see what happens. Exactly. I mean, we've already got the skull. It's, yeah. it's they're just meant for each other. <laughs> That's so cool. We're getting 24 or no, 12 ounce bags. We're getting bigger bags this time. So oh, more coffee That's for good. you. That is good. That is good. Awesome. Mark, thank you so much. It's been a oh. pleasure getting to know you and, and talk to you when there's not loud music too. I yeah. feel like you can actually like hear you. And, it's uh, always, it's always awkward when you have to like lean in real close to somebody you've never met before to try to say, you guys sounded good. <laughs> so, thank you so thank much you, and definitely stay in touch. Cause I, I definitely want to follow you guys and, and, and I, you know, hope for the best for you guys. Cause I'm going to do my part to help you out as much as I can. I, I appreciate that more than you know. Oh